it's awesome to see this much activity around growth groups. And I, you know, that took probably a little over 10 minutes, probably about 13 minutes. And some of you are like, man, why would Joe allow 13 minutes of time to be taken up with growth groups and explaining those? Here's the reason why. Because they're part of the vision of this place. One of the things that we say, well, three of the things. We say that your life can change, you can belong, and your story matters. So your life can change, and that's when you put Jesus first. And your story matters when you put others first. But the place where you find belonging, and the reason why we say that you can belong, is because it's up to you to step into community like these growth groups and actually find belonging. And so uh, it's a vision thing, and it's important. And so um, we're going to dive in. James is the uh, topic of the day. We're going to finish out chapter 1. If you guys want to turn to James 1, verse 19... We're going to start right there. And <clears throat> if you want any type of like background on this, on this talk or, um, or the book, I think that um, what you can definitely do is check out the first few verses of, uh, or first few uh, passages and sections of this as well. And also, um, you can look at the podcast online. Um, Here's the thing that I, I, this is the overall question for the day. What type of person are you? Now, you might answer that question a lot of different ways. And I would wonder if we sat down uh, and hung out, what you would say. Like, what would you say if I, if I asked you, what type of person are you? Um, let me throw down a couple of things. I'm going to use some we language, and you guys can punch me later because it's, not about, it's really not true of you. But my, my sneaky suspicion is that I really believe that there are some buckets that we share that are very, very, very similar. Uh, one question I would ask you is, are you a confident person? Do you walk just in confidence every day? Or... Do you feel like, man, you, when you think about who you are and what type of person you are, that you feel a little wishy-washy with that? Like, you start to search for words, and you're not really able to figure out what you would say. I think a lot of us want to be confident, but I'm not so sure that we all are. Um, maybe another one that I would ask is, like, I think that we all want to be trustworthy. We want to be somebody that can be relied on, Right? But would you describe yourself as a trustworthy person? Like the first thing that you said when you were thinking about what type of person are you, would you have said trustworthy? I think a lot of us want to be trustworthy, but, you know, there's times when we really don't follow through and we fall short. I think that a lot of us want to be encouraging. We want to be that person that's uplifting other people, speaking words of life. But the fact of the matter is there's a lot of times in our day when we say some things that we wish we could take back. I mean, I think that we want these things, but most of us, and I would throw myself in, in this bucket for a long time as well, is that most of us, although we want to be confident, we want to walk in confidence, we want to be trustworthy, we want to be that person that can be relied on, we want to be encouraging, the reality is, is that we are okay with just wanting to be that even though we're not. We're okay with just wanting that. For some reason, it kind of like, like 
maybe like pacifies the, the desire inside us to say, well, man, I really wish I was more trustworthy, and it's good just to say that. That's the tension, right? And part of the problem is this, guys, is that when you walked in today, there was a lot of things that were on your mind. First of all, if you've been here before, you're like, why so many tables? <laughs> it's Growth Group Sunday. Second of all, if you've been here, if you haven't been here before, you're like, whoa, where do I, how do I find a seat? Where, what is this place? Is this the right building? The sign on the door is peeling off, by the way. But I will almost guarantee that most of us, some of you did, but most of you did not walk in today walking into the warehouse saying, man, I'm ready to change. I am ready to change. We walked in, some of us, to check off a box on a list, say we went to church. Some of us were dragged here by our spouse. Some of us were dragged here by our mom and dad. Some of us um, dragged ourselves here and, and are attempting to just at least show up. The Bears play at noon, so we got to go to 9 o'clock. And so a lot of us weren't really walking in saying we're ready for transformation. And deep down inside, here's what we know. I was listening uh, actually on the radio uh, early this morning on the way here. And the guy was talking about our world. And he was talking about, um, he was a, some researcher of culture. And he said this phrase. He said that everyone is a criminal on the make. Man, think about that. And then he talked about the fact that our society rewards people who devour the most. If you sell the most tickets, we reward you and give you a Grammy. If you get the most votes and devour the most votes, you get to be in office. And it's this hyper, this worldview of this hyper um, devouring worldview that we reward the things. And most of us, we're not devouring a whole lot. And so when we compare ourselves, we feel like nothing. But the essence of that is, not only do we not come in here wanting to change or thinking about changing, but we sense deep down inside that the world is changing around us. And how we deal with the world that's changing around us, whether we are going to adapt, whether we're going to find a new way, whether we're going to dig down deep inside and have something to, to go off of, and even if we did say we wanted to change, a lot of us are sitting here and we don't even know how. Like, how am I supposed to change? Where would I begin? Is attending a growth group the thing? Maybe. Is running the 5K the way that you need to change? Maybe. Maybe that's all symbols of something. Maybe that's all indicators. But the reality is that there's a tension inside us because we're not confident we're not as trustworthy as we want to be. We're not as genuine. We're not as encouraging. And I think here's the kicker, is that we're not accessing the tools that we have in our hands. I would challenge you to ask the question, why? Why are we not accessing the, the tools that we have? Well, number one, it could be that you're new to the faith and you don't even know what the tools are that you already have. Fair, great that you're here today because we're going to talk about it. But the second thing is, and this may be a category that most of us are in today, is that we've forgotten the tools that we have available to us. 
Whether you don't know or whether you have forgotten, the thing about it is, is that um, you're not accessing them. And here's the best part of the whole deal. If I could just, can, is everybody okay? Are you guys feeling uncomfortable? It's not the chairs, right? It's Jesus coming in. So here's the thing. A big secret that I'll tell you is that we don't want to be told what to do. Right? Anybody like, yeah, just boss me around, man. Like, that's what I want. Like, that's what I'm looking for, it, man. I just, I'm bored. <laughs> Nobody does that. Nobody is getting up in the morning and saying, oh, you know what? I just want to be told what to do today. Now, some moms and some dads, yeah, it's, it's to that point, right? Like, I got too much on my plate. Just tell me what I need to do. But by and large, man, our friends, our coworkers, our family, they're not walking around like that. They're saying, you know what? I, my worldview is that I should be able to do exactly what I want to do. And that's the culture's perspective. And that perspective seeps into the church. And then we have that attitude as well. And we say things like, you know what? I don't know if I need to read my Bible. I don't know how how important prayer is. Joe says it's important. I don't want to be told what to do, so let me hold off on that. And and we look at Scripture and we we wonder, okay, what are we going to do with all this? We have all this angst inside of us, and on top of it, we don't want to be told what to do. So now we're left to try to figure it out on our own. Now, if you listen today, you're going to listen to a guy by the name of James, uh, the brother, half-brother of Jesus, and he is just like the most clear-cut dude. Like, he just tells you like it is. He doesn't, he doesn't hem and haw and sugarcoat. He just goes right at it. And I think he starts to get at what type of person God is looking for. And so if you think about this, if you listen today, you're going to see what, the, what tools you have and maybe what change is on the way for you if you choose it. So let's read, um, and we're going to breeze through this. Um, and I'm going to focus on primarily one passage, I believe. Verse 19 says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to what? Listen. Slow to speak and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness or the type of person that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. I love how he says, take note. He's basically saying, listen up. Do not miss this. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Note that, man, you know what? The person that's listening in an argument is probably the person that's not the most angry. And if you want a a, a negotiation tip, this is from a story that I can tell later, um, is, man, always try, if if you want to be quick to listen, just allow yourself just to to let the other person talk when you're having a conversation or an argument or a heated discussion. You know, you can, you can just let that other person talk, but also, when you do speak, stay one click under where their emotion is. And you will always appear to be the most in control in that conversation. Think about it. It's worked for me. It's helped me get through some difficult conversations. But the interesting thing here is, is that James talks about the word that's planted in you. This word that's planted in you, it, when something is planted, it grows, right? There is life that comes from it. There's change that comes from it. There is something that is awesome about the word of God. But the thing that has to happen is that we have to receive the word of God. We have to be willing to receive it and accept it and get into it. Keep going in verse 22. 
Classic James. Do not merely listen to the word, y'all, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. You could interpret that a lot of different ways and look at all the original context and original language, and it's going to say, do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. In the New King James Version, I love the translation um, of this passage. In verse 24, it says, after looking at himself, it says, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. In the New King James, it says that he forgets the kind of man that he is. And I think that's a better phrase. And we, when we look into the word of God, it's a mirror. It shows us who we are, good, bad, and the ugly, right? We are able to see who we are, and it, it helps us adjust our life. It helps us adjust our attitude. It helps give us peace and grace and comfort in times of trouble. It gives us what we need. It is the word of life to us. It is planted. It is a seed. It grows. It changes. Things happen when you read the Bible. It happens when you read the word. This is what happens. And when we walk away and not do it, we, it's telling us what kind of person we are are. And when we go away and don't do what it says, we forget the kind of person we are. This, for me, man, is the question. What kind of person are you? Have you allowed the Word of God into your life and into your heart? Have you received it? Second question, have you responded to it by doing what it says? If you receive it and it's the word and it's living and active and it's growing in you, it is automatically going to create orthopraxy in your life. Orthodoxy, right believing. Orthopraxy, right living. And, and that's what's automatically going to happen. If Nike had a t-shirt back in the day and I was in that marketing meeting, I'd say, don't go with just do it. Go with orthopraxy, man. That's way catchier. That was my, would have been my last day in, on the job for that. Matt, I think we have um, uh, a passage from Matthew where James's brother in Matthew 7, 24, he says something interesting. He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who builds his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Jesus is, is throwing down exactly what James echoes. That man, if you listen to the word of God, it's going to cause you to practice it, and if it doesn't, it's not real. You know, I wonder sometimes, we had an awesome time, 24 hours of prayer, man. Like, literally, just solid. We had people here the entire time praying. And it's interesting, I mean, having, you know, a few hundred people come through the warehouse on a weekend, and 
in, in communicating and promoting that we're going to be praying for 24 hours and there's going to be stations and you're going to be able to pray and be able to just pause and slow down. This is the most full it's been since last weekend. Maybe Thursday night was close. There's a lot of people here. But it wasn't like there were just people lined up at the doors to get in when 24 hours of prayer started. And it wasn't like people were streaming in, you know, and just wanting to be here and just to be in the midst of God and saying, well, you know what, I can just pray at home. Somebody told me that. I can just pray at home. Yeah, you can. It's awesome. I mean, we were doing something as a community. But here's what I'm wondering, guys, and this is where the chairs are not as uncomfortable as what I believe that God wants to tell us, is this. Why don't we pray as much as we think we should, say we should? I'll tell you what I think. Give me your opinion. I'm ready for you. We have a whole second podcast to talk about it. Is that we don't believe it works. We really do believe it works when we're in a crisis, though. That's when we really start to pray. Like, when things are going bad, then all of a sudden prayer is like a good thing. But man, when we're just wanting to just seek after God, when we're wanting to really just live for God, we're not, man, prayer becomes like, the reason why we don't do it is because we, in our hearts, we don't really believe anyone's listening. Bible reading, man. We should be in the Word. That's what we've been talking about. Just this whole passage, guys, is all about the Word of God and how it changes us. When we look into it, we see who we are. It's something that's planted and it's like a seed and it grows. And it's got, I mean, we're, I was talking to my father-in-law this morning as we were getting ready to leave. And we were like, man, we look, and we were talking about ourselves, we look everywhere for answers except for where the answers are. Why don't we spend as much time and really dedicating that time to God to read. Why don't we do that? Well, man, remember this. I don't want to be told what to do. And the Bible's full of rules. And it's, by the way, it's also irrelevant to me. I can't really understand it. So we don't read it and it doesn't change us. But James, he uses his illustration of looking into it. And really when he says, um, looking intently into the word of life, that brings freedom, remember this, it's this idea that to look intently is like to get down into it and to like get a good look at what Hope's writing. She's taking notes, awesome. So to really take a good look, that's what that look intently is all about. It's not about, yep, cool, I got it, I, I did my devos for the day. It's looking intently in it. Man, sometimes if you just need to be on one verse or a little passage for a week, sometimes that's what it's all about because that verse is challenging you, changing you, and you're looking at it all different ways. Some of us are trying to devour as much scripture as we can. I got to get it done in a year. I, I did better than that. You know, want to compare? I listened to the Bible every day and I got through it in 90 days. It's a lot of scripture in a day but it's not about devouring. It's not about comparing that. It's about being changed by it. Are you guys with me? Is anyone still awake? You guys are awfully quiet. It's because the chairs are uncomfortable, right? Um, let's keep reading. Actually, I want to reference this because the freedom, um, that passage, and I want to wrap up pretty quickly, the passage that says that you look in telling the law of, of freedom that, that brings freedom, the law that brings freedom, I thought laws created rules and boundaries, right? I mean, even Jesus said, 
in John 8, he said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So how does the law bring freedom? The law that Christ talked about, the, 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 the new covenant. How does, how does the teachings of Jesus bring freedom when he's drawing boundaries? Like if you even think about, if you hate someone, you might as well have killed them. If you think about a woman, you might as well have slept with her. These are the types of things. He's, he's creating these boundaries. And how does that bring freedom? Um, Sarah and Annalise went to Haiti this, this past year, and they showed me some video of them drive, they're in their truck, um, and the driver was driving them through town, and um, it was insane. Like, everyone was going every different direction. Everyone's honking all at the same time. It was insane, right, Danielle? Is that not it? It's like, you've been there. And so it is out of control, but everyone was free. And it was chaos. When you drive out of here, as long as Amazon's not, get, not getting off a shift, <laughs> you'll be able to drive on one side of the road and know that you're good because you have the right of way. You see, boundaries actually create freedom. You're free to drive that way. So we need to look at God's word as not only does it change us, but it allows us to even change the way that we live our lives. Let's look at this uh, last passage and we'll we'll be through. Verse 26, those who consider themselves religious, outward acts and outward rituals, and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, hello, deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that, our, that God our Father accepts is pure and faultless as this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So, he's talking about the idea that God is not looking for a person. What type of person are you? He's not looking for the type of person that has everything on the outside all buttoned up, but on the inside, everything is falling apart. Where you can't control what's on the inside um, last week we talked about what Jesus said, that, that our hearts, we speak from there. And when our tongue is not under control, it shows where our heart is. And so James is talking about this, and he's t- saying that it's not about what your outward rituals are and how put together you are on the outside, and you know, you're doing all the right things. You're a good person, I don't know if you guys know anybody, but I've talked to people that said, I said, what's your goal in life? Like, how, do you, how are you going to really live your life? And what do you think God wants? I just need to be a good person. You can try to be as good as you want, man, but until you accept Jesus as your Lord and surrender your life to him, that's when things begin to change. That's when the word starts to go into your heart. See, what James is talking about is two things. He's talking about your character and your conduct, that your character and your conduct need to match up. What you believe and how you live need to match up for it to be real. So in a sense, we need to receive God's word. And when you look back at this passage, later today or this week, when you look back at it, it's sometimes it's hard to see that James is really emphasizing the word of God. But you need to receive the word of God that's been planted in you, You need to respond to the word of God and do what it says. And then you need to resign yourself to following what it says and continuing in it. And that's where the perseverance and that's where the wisdom and that's where the the empowerment of the spirit comes in. Are you guys excited about this? You guys think, here's the thing. Some of you walked in not confident. You walked in um, 
not really sure who you were. You walked in not free. You felt like you had a weight on you. You walked in not wanting to change, not thinking you were going to change. And all of a sudden, you start to see that James is laying out the way. He's saying, if you want to know who you are, then you spend time looking at the word and you go and you do it. And every time you do that, you reemphasize what type of person you are. Every time you, you say no to that temptation, it reinforces the fact that you do not have to give in to that. We were uh, just talking yesterday, uh, me and AP, we do the second podcast where we talk about um, this message and sometimes we have guests on and we just kind of rant about, you know, whatever we didn't, weren't able to, or different viewpoints and all that kind of stuff. And we were talking about that there is a way that God has provided for us to withstand temptation. And so many of us think, well, I'm just struggle with this and I just can't get over it and I get that. And there's process, I get that. But man, our goal should not be like, well, God will forgive me this time again. Our goal should be to overcome, right? Shouldn't our, our, our goal to be able to walk in confidence who Jesus has said we are? It's who we already are, guys. See, it's what it, I love how it says. It's like, has forget, forgot the kind of man that he is. The band can come up. Um, so how do we apply this? A uh, couple of questions that you guys can jot down. Will I react to the word of God? This kind of refers back to last week and last couple of weeks. Will I re react to the word of God with wisdom and perseverance to overcome trials? And some of my friends are in the test of their life, man. Another question, will I react to God's word by resisting temptation, by standing strong in God's word? Third question, will I receive God's word and allow it to change me? Another question, will I respond to God's word by doing what it says? Last question, will I resign myself to do what God's word says for the long haul? Are we developing a new way of life? You see, I really think that when you begin to live according to the word of God, people are going to notice all of a sudden, people are going to be like, you know what? You know, every time that we get like, into a discussion, you're always the first one to like, throw down your thoughts. But you've been listening a lot lately. What's going on? Or it may be that, uh, you know, you're not really ever really seem to listen to me, but you've been listening more, and I've noticed that. Maybe they don't verbalize that to you, but they're going to notice. Maybe you're an angry person, and God can take that away. And all of a sudden, somebody says, man, you, you seem to chill out a lot. You don't seem to be angry a whole lot anymore. See, if we were sitting down at Starbucks and hanging out, and I were to say, what type of person are you? What, what would you say to me? I mean, I, I get it, you know. Uh, you do this for a living. You're a mom, you're a dad, you have this many kids. You do this on the weekends for recreation. This is a hobby. This is what year you are. This is your major. I get all that. But the common thing between all of us is that we can describe ourselves a way that reflects what Scripture says. And more so than that, what would you say about what, who you are is, what are you going to do? What are you going to do that really shows who you are? Let's stand. Heavenly Father, thank you, God for your word. Man, James is like, 
God, you know, it is direct, it is heavy, and it calls us out. Lord, we, uh, we stand before you. We do not want to be a forgetful people. We do not want to be the type of people who read what your words say and then don't follow them. Lord, help us this week. Help us to not forget who we are. Help us to trust you, God. Lord, as we go into a time of worship, I pray, God, that all the things that are holding us back, all the stuff that we walked in on our shoulders, God, that it would be released right now. Lord, that in this place, worry would go away as we worship. And Lord, that as we worship, all of the fears that we have would go away. Lord God, I pray that the fears would be replaced with faith in you. Lord, for those that are struggling today, with addictions, those that are struggling today with relational problems. Lord God, you are here to mend. You are here to empower. You are here to transform us, God, by the power of your word. And so, Holy Spirit, as we sing to you, may may the words that we sing spark something in us. And Holy Spirit, work together with those words to create the change in us that we're looking for. Can we be listening? Lord, help us to do that. In Jesus' name. People say like, man, I'm so welcoming. Like, I just feel it. Like, I feel like these are my people. I feel like, I don't know, it's the warehouse, whatever it is. Man, if you're on that other side where you're that, there and you're like, man, there is something different. This seems like my people. This seems like we're trying to figure it out. Let me tell you what that is. We call it the vibe here, but it's the Holy Spirit, man. The Holy Spirit isn't just saying, hey, you know what? You found a cool little place or you found a little warm group or you found a place to have church. Now, you know what he is? He's saying your soul is coming home. Your soul is coming home. I mean, that's what it's, that's what it's about, man. And I feel like um, today, man, I didn't ask for this mic. Some of you don't know my story, but I didn't ask for this mic, but I got it. And uh, through a lot of different things happening and God placed it here. And as long as I have it, I'm going to challenge us to stop playing church and to go after it and to get some spiritual ground taken. And when we do that together, there's no feeling like it. You never feel more alive than when you are going places with God and other people and not by yourself. And so um, second place, as you go today, Lord, we just pray, God, that we would be the people that look into your word. We see who we are. We see who you are. And we do not forget the kind of person we are. Lord, I pray for those that are struggling, that walked in with a weight. Lord, as they gave it to you in the last few moments, Holy Spirit, you moved in. You moved in. And you brought freedom, Lord. And Lord God, we praise you for that right now. We praise you for the freedom that you brought. And for those that are just right on the edge, Lord, right on the edge and realizing what this all is, Lord, I pray that they would reach out to their friends, maybe that they came with, or to a friend that, Lord God, that knows you, that they trust, Lord God. Or one of the leaders here, God, that you would begin the process, Lord, of that soul coming home. Lord, we thank you, God, for what you're doing in this place. Lord, make us light and dark places this week. Lord, Lord God, help us to do that, Lord God. We just ask that your spirit empower us as we go today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you guys. Don't forget to visit a table, connect up, and grab a 5K registration and hang out with us out there. See you next week.